This is the Horse Radio Network. This is episode 217 of the Stable Scoop Radio Show on the Horse Radio Network, Taxes, Ranches, and Islands. Please support our sponsors as they make this show possible. Today's sponsor is Stable Comfort by Promat. You can find them at StableComfort.com. Welcome to the Stable Scoop, with weekly shows delivered right to you. With Helena and Glenn the Geek, live from the Stable, it's every week. They'll bring you the news through hail or high water, while using their tails as their own fly swatters. Sit on down and laugh till your poop Cause it's time again for Stable Scoop Stable Scoop Stable Scoop Stable Scoop This is Glenn the Geek And this is Helena B And you're listening to the Stable Scoop Radio Show On the Horse Radio Network Well howdy Lena How are you? I'm excited because you know why? Why? Because we're talking about food. I know. You know, I'm kind of excited about it, too. It might be because it's sort of cold and rainy here today. And, you know, food is definitely on your mind when the colder months start to come around. You just start thinking I think about we're, soup, don't we're you? We're like bears. We want to hibernate. We want to carb up and fatten up and I go to sleep for the winter. I don't know. Are you like it? Like Jennifer and I, were over the summer, we just don't eat soup because it just doesn't seem like a summer food. You know, it seems like something you eat in the winter. And then True. it starts to get cold, and then you start to think about soup, and you're actually thinking about you might like soup. Um, <laughs> I'm thinking about soup right now, actually. Thanks. <laughs> now, down here, I don't know what's going to happen to us, because this is our first, uh, going to be our first winter in Florida. We moved here in April, so... You're going to be psyched. Well, you know, I am kind of liking today. It's absolutely beautiful, about uh, 78 degrees, sunny, and, and no humidity today for the first time since since April. Um, so we're, this is going to be the first chance we have to rub it in to our friends like you. Okay. That's going to be the first fine. opportunity and every, <laughs> and all fine. of our listeners. <laughs> so, I'll try not to do that too much, but we have a variety show coming up today. It's kind of, uh, like the old vaudeville shows, um, where we got three different guests on talking about different things. And we, for uh, our first guest today is going to be Elizabeth McMillan of Equestrian Professional, and she is going to come on and talk about a serious topic about independent contractors versus employees and what you do on your farm and, and how some uh, how the IRS is starting to crack down on farms uh, about that. So it's something oh, we geez. thought, I know, that we thought we better put the warning out there for everybody to really seriously take a look at their situation. So our next guest is... Darlie Newman from Equitracking. She had some fun adventures recently, so... We're gonna... She always has fun adventures. I think she... I'm envious of her life. Well, no kidding. Just I think every it. horse girl. <laughs> she gets a good stuff. But you know what? We get to live again vicariously through one of our guests. So she's going to come and talk to us about her recent trip to a place that we've talked about a couple of times here on Stable Scoop, Mackinac Island. Yes. And also she has a new website coming or that has come out called top20ranches.com where she talks about all the cool ranches you can go have riding vacations on in the country. Because um, she's done them all. I mean, she's been to almost all of them. And you're right. She's every girl's fantasy, you know, to be able to go around the world getting paid to ride. In to ride, yeah. Places. No kidding. Yeah. So yeah. that's, uh, that's and become a celebrity doing it. 
and she's just a lot of fun to talk to. I mean, it, it's like uh, it's definitely somebody that we like hanging out with and like having a beer with. So, and then speaking of having beer with people and and hanging out and eating with people, one of your good friends, Kat Voidalock, and she's got a new blog called Eat Your Tart Out, and let me tell you, it is so awesome. She has tips and tricks on food and where to shop and how to make stuff. And I really, it's like, it's like porn for foodies. It is. It is <laughs> like food porn. Yes, that's right. It's like food porn. And it's, and it's coming from a horse girl's perspective, which is, makes it an interesting twist. Yes, it's a horse girl's perspective. And, and really, it just, it brings a whole new um, perspective to the artistic side of Food, it's sort of like a three-dimensional work of art, food. You know, you can see it, you can touch it and smell it, and then you can ingest it. Now, I must say, I have to say, and I know I'm going to get letters and people are going to hate me, but um, she's one of the very few horse girls I met that actually likes to be in the kitchen. Just saying. Oh! I'm just saying. Open the floodgates, people. Just let those letters <laughs> just come. Just saying, in. I married one that doesn't like to be in the kitchen. And I know a lot of them that don't like to be in the kitchen. No, it's true. You, unfortunately, because you're surrounded by so many horsewomen, you know so few women in general who like to be in the kitchen. Kitchen, right? Exactly. I am not one of those women. <laughs> I, you know what? I don't mind being in the kitchen if there's a good-looking guy cooking for me. <laughs> there you go. See, that's most horsewomen right there. All right, let's get on with our first guest here today. Our first guest is Elizabeth McMillan of EquestrianProfessional.com. Hi, Lizzie, and thank you so much for joining us again. Hi, Glenn. It's my pleasure to be here. You had sent out an email that uh, one of the things in there really caught my attention. It is something that affects almost anybody that has a farm and, and somebody helping them out on the farm, whether you have a breeding stable or a training barn or you know whatever other kind of business you might have in the horse world. And that was the whole independent contractor versus employee situation. And, and you had a recent case that you highlighted. Yes. Actually, we've, done, we've highlighted two cases recently. Um, one was around payroll tax and payroll issues with the IRS, which is one of the ways that you can get into trouble with misclassifying employees. And the other was a workers' compensation um, case that where the... The uh, stable war- worker was awarded two hundred and seventy-four thousand dollars, so that was a an expensive mistake on the horse professional's part. So, what what is the situation now? You know, people always assume that they can do an independent contractor rather than an employee. One, it's cheaper for the person doing the hiring. And they figure, well, if the independent contractor is just somebody cleaning my stalls or you know coming in to do. To do whatever. In this case, the indep- the person was hired as an independent contractor, and she actually went to court after a a claim after a, she got hurt and there's uh, for a workers' comp claim and proved that she was in in fact a employee. Now, wh- what was her position? Do you remember? Um, I believe she was a groom, okay. um, and just you know, she was working at a farm that had quite a few horses, and she would. Um, go and catch the horses and bring them in, sort of maybe part groom, part intern, or learning to be a trainer. And um, I think one of the reasons why they were they were so... Um, the, the price of the award that they gave was that in addition to her being misclassified as an employee, they also found the stable to be negligent. 
So it kind of opened up a big can of worms. And then the other piece of that is that it will be interesting to see with that case, which we don't know yet, whether the federal government uh, takes notice of it and goes back um, and asks the business owner or demands that the business owner pay um, payroll taxes and penalties for the years that she was working with them when those had not been paid. So there's really two issues. There's the workers' compensation issue, and then there's the uh, employee tax issue, which is an IRS issue. And recently, well, the last three years, the IRS put on an additional 2,000 employees just to address um, payroll issues and and businesses that weren't paying payroll. And it seems that, I mean, just it appears to me that um, they are really finding the horse business, um, the fruit of the horse business, <laughs> plump and ripe for the picking because there is so much misclassification of employees in our industry and with good reason. I mean, I, I think it, the reason being that when we make our employees legal, the expense that the farm incurs is so extensive. It, uh, I think there are times, depending on what state you're in, where it can raise your expenses by 50%, your employee, you know, your labor expenses by close to 50%. Because so there, are was, additional, there are additional taxes that you pay as an employer if you have them classified as an employee. Right. Yeah. That that and that the workers', workers compensation comp, yeah. is so incredibly expensive um, in the equestrian world. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So those two things make it very make it very difficult. Um, in the recent article, um, one of the things that happened was that they were paying workers' comp, but they weren't paying um, the they weren't paying payroll taxes, and so. They got they got zung on that. So, like I said, there's really two pieces of this that I think horse professionals and barn owners really need to be aware of. Um, I, I didn't even think if you had an independent contractor, you'd pay workers' comp at all. You wouldn't. Right. But what happens is that if an employee gets hurt or, or somebody that works for you gets hurt, um, and then they go to uh, they go into the hospital. Put, let's say they go into the hospital, and the hospital says where did you get hurt? And that person says, at work. Yeah. All of a sudden, you're, you have just shifted, um, you've just shifted that relationship to where it's going to be looked at, and then the hospital says, who's paying for this bill? Well, doesn't your employee have workers' compensation? And at that point, you know, the, the person, it, it just depends, but if they can't pay their, their medical bills or they really knew they were an employee but sort of had agreed to be a private contractor, or even if they thought they were a private contractor, but the state rules differently, and the state is always going to, basically somebody is an employee unless you can prove other, otherwise, and there are some things you can do, and there are some positions in the horse world that are, you know, that are for sure private contractor positions. At the same time, I would caution everybody to make sure that you have really set about proving, you know, ahead of the fact that they really are a private contractor. But typically what happens, somebody that works for you gets hurt, they go to the hospital, that's the scenario. Then they have these bills to pay. They call an attorney um, in, the, in the United States. That attorney is going to work on a contingency and just get a percentage of the case. So then they take it, uh, they sue the farm. Um, typically the farm loses 
um, I would say the majority of the time that, that we've seen. And um, they owe a fairly substantial amount of, of money because it's depending on the injury of the party and if there's any um, permanent injury, like say somebody hurts their back and then work comp says they have a 15 or 20% disability. So that can get very, very expensive. Now, if um, uh, it, neither one of us are accountants, so, you know, go, 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 go talk to your accountant about what you're doing for sure. Um, but ba- ba- the, from the cases I have seen, if you have a, uh, a groom that's full-time or, a, you know, even working students in many cases um, that are getting paid, if they're getting paid even, even minimal amounts, you, they're really coming down on the side that, that they're, they're employees that you, you can't really get away with an independent contractor with them. Yeah, you can't. You cannot. And the other thing to notice with this case is that um, one of the things that they, that the federal government got, you know, received income from was they identified that the employees were receiving housing and they were, and that the business had not paid taxes on that as a, a, a perk or compensation. So you have to realize that compensation can be trading board or it can be giving somebody a, you know, house to live in. It could be a car. So all those things are considered compensation and the business owner is supposed to be paying payroll taxes based on that. And also the, the workers' compensation board would consider those things to be part of that person's salary or income. And your workers' compensation is typically based on, is based on gross. So all those things would have to be included in order to really be in compliance. Okay. So it, it gets up there. So, it gets up there. And the reason we wanted to bring this up today was to give everybody, you know, notice to really take a look at what you're currently doing in your situation and, and talk to your accountant or your bookkeeper. If you don't have one, find one. Um, you know, talk to somebody about it and, and find out if what you're doing, because the penalties and uh, the amounts that you're going to owe, because they will go back a number of years if... If those right. people have been with you for a number of years, and then then you owe penalties in all those past years too, and they can add up to tens and tens and tens of thousands of dollars that you can't afford to pay. Um, right. So, take and a, one of the things that the labor board will do, is, at least in the state of California, that they would do is if they found that you had one employee in noncompliance, they will look at your whole business, and the first thing they will do is fine you. I believe it was ten thousand dollars per employee. Um, right off the bat. So it is critical. One of the things that that we have on the Equestrian Professional site that I think really helps people to plan is we actually have a payroll calculator so that you can look at what it's going to cost you to swap your independent contractors to payroll or if you're looking to hire somebody, what you can afford to pay them in light of the additional expenses that payroll adds. And we find that to be really helpful because sometimes, I I mean, I just want to say that we recognize how expensive it is to make this shift and how difficult it can be. Um, But I, but I believe it's really important that people do that. And sometimes just figuring out a step-by-step plan, how you're going to get into compliance can make a big difference, even if it's going to take you a few months to implement it. But do recognize that the IRS is looking hard at the horse industry right now or appears to be, and they do have, They've hired quite a few additional employees, and the reason they've done that is that um, your payroll taxes are not dischargeable in bankruptcy. It doesn't matter if you have a LLC. 
it's anybody who signs the checks is going to be liable for that tax. So it's it's a tax that cannot be made to go away no matter what you do. So just a, just a word of caution. And you can find out more about uh, Equestrian Professional at equestrianprofessional.com. A lot of good information in on there. Uh, if you if you have any kind of business uh, in the horse world, it's definitely worth becoming a member over there. And you have lots of good seminars you do. And, we do. And there's one coming up, right? We have one coming up on uh, smart financial planning for horse professionals. And that's in uh, this next, next Monday. And then we have another one coming up after that about um, t- uh, time management principles, things that will help you to get because we know that's kind of like the big issue for all of us horse professionals is finding the time to get things done. So we're going to do one on time management tips and techniques, things that, that work for horse professionals. So we're excited to finish out the year that way. Yeah. Terrific. Well, very good, uh, Lizzie. We appreciate you being on. It's Elizabeth McMillan of Equestrian Professional. She's going to join us here once a month with... Uh, uh, we're going to talk about uh, the business side of things that affect everybody that's in the horse world, including our listeners. So we're tr- going to try and do that uh, once a month, and we really appreciate it, Lizzie. Thanks so much, Glenn. I love being here. Uh, well, our new sponsor that you has been on a couple of weeks now, but because we have time conflicts and things, we haven't actually been able to catch up with you about this new sponsor, and that's uh, Stable Comfort by Promat. Uh, we're going to listen to a commercial here in just a minute, but I got to tell you, this is one cool company. If you want to have the ultimate in bedding, uh, and when I mean bedding, I mean like mattress for your horse in the barn, in yeah. the stall, this is it. Uh, Stable Comfort is the all-around experience and is the ultimate in in bedding for your horses. Um, once you put this in your barn, you're going to cut your work, you're going to do all that, you're going to cut your bedding down, and you're, gonna, you're never going to have that stinky ammonia problem again. But let's take a listen to Jennifer as she describes it. Hey folks, Coach Jen here from the Horse Tip Daily Show. All of us as horsemen mull over our horse's nutrition and stress out over their stress level and fret about their fitness. But when is the last time you puzzled over your horse's lounging and sleeping comfort? Research has shown us over and over that quantity as well as quality of rest and sleep are crucial for top athletic performance as well as overall well-being. Enter Stable Comfort by Promat. Stable Comfort mimics the characteristics of natural pasture, providing a safe, clean, and comfortable surface for your horse. Its wall-to-wall waterproof design gives your horse confidence to walk, lie down, and get back up without fear of slipping. And as a bonus, less bedding is required and results in fewer labor hours to clean stalls. Head on over to StableComfort.com and find out why champions like Nick Skelton, Mary King, and Chris Cox use Stable Comfort by Promat Systems for their equine athletes. Well, we thank you to uh, Stable Comfort by ProMat. Uh, they they are liked by a lot of horse people around the country, and we're going to hear from some of those coming up in the weeks ahead. But in the meantime, Darley Newman from Equitrekking, the the award winning Emmy winning uh, PBS show that's on uh, on a regular basis. If you haven't never seen it, go go to your DVR and put in Equitrekking, and you'll find it in there. Tape it and watch it. She travels all around the world doing everything every horse girl's ever wanted to do, riding around the world with good-looking guys. Pretty much. (laughs) (laughs) 
in in fun locations and drinking <laughs> beer the whole way. Uh, she did the crub, pub crawl, I think, the one time through Ireland and uh, on a horse. Um, that would be pretty awesome. <laughs> that, that, that gives new meaning to the word that or term designated driver. Yes, it does. It actually does. So let's talk to Darley. Well, hi, Darley. Welcome back to the show. Hi, Glenn. Hi, Helena. How are you guys? We are great. And nice yeah. you have some exciting news. Plus, you were just in a place that we've talked about several times in the show. So we got a couple things to talk to you about. What do you want to talk about first? We can talk about Mackinac Island because that was pretty cool. I mean, I had talked about it with you guys before and heard a lot about it. And and going there was definitely, I mean, it's definitely a place where horses rule. So it's a cool place for horse people to visit. This is good. I mean, Mackinac Island is definitely getting some good press. I know. It's not like there's anybody (laughs) who's on the fence about it, right? The feedback is overwhelmingly awesome. Darling, we just had a listener that wrote to us and said, I heard your show on Mackinac Island. So when we planned vacation, they went there for 10 days. Um, wow. Yeah, which is a long time to spend on Mackinac Island, I think. And yeah. they had a great time. I mean, they just had a fabulous time driving horses around the island and riding and everything. So tell us, you went there to film for a segment for Equitrekking coming up. Yeah, we filmed um, part of an episode that's coming out this spring on PBS. Um, and we were there on the island for, we were there for three nights, two days. Um, and what we did is, well, one thing that was really cool that we did was we went out with this guy, Don Eckerd and his wife, Lisa, and they actually teach Islanders driving skills. They teach you because I mean, if you're living on the Island or just even working there and you want to get around, you're going to be getting around on a bike or you're going to be driving your carriage or riding a horse or walking, but it's hilly. So, I mean, that's one thing that I was, I had heard it was hilly, but when you get there, you're like, yeah, these are some major hills. So I think you definitely want to be on horseback or in a horse-drawn carriage, so we went out um, in a two-seat Surrey carriage driven by their Frisian horses, these beautiful, oh, wow. beautiful Frisians, um, which is a breed that I had seen at the Kentucky Horse Park, but not really, I haven't been around Frisians as much. So that was really cool. Um, and we just tootled around the island. There's a state park there, so there's nice, like, wooded trails. And you can literally go around on horseback or in a horse-drawn carriage to these beautiful scenic places where you can see Arch Rock and look out to see the lighthouse in the water. Um, really beautiful and lots of great history. And you can go right into town, too, which is kind of cool. And eat some fudge. Yeah, that's what I'll do. There's nothing that, like, that's like every girl's dream, to ride her horse into town and get some fudge. <laughs> yeah, maybe it's just my dream, but, like... <laughs> Well, really? You know, it doesn't get any better than that, that. One thing that I didn't know, something that surprised me that I thought was really interesting was to think about the logistics on the island, just getting supplies. And I mean, they've they built some new stables on the island. Um, there's a Mackinac Island community stable, and it's for the, for the residents and the kids that are on the island so that everybody can keep up that horse culture and keep it alive. But in, they talked about building that stable. I mean, you guys think about it. They have to bring the materials over on boats. Um, and if they want anything in the winter, it's got to be flown over or they use an ice bridge and they use snowmobiles to bring things over to the island. And like UPS is delivered in a horse-drawn carriage. So when you think about that kind of stuff, that that's what I thought was Is really it a brown horse? I have to ask. Is it a brown horse? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> that would be interesting to know. Well, and it's so funny, Glennon, when I was walking, so we were going up and back. We stayed at the Grand Hotel. And there were actually, like, Cooper's, dedicated Cooper scoopers who just, like, kind of walk around and scoop up horse poop. So, I mean, oh. it's, like, it's just a totally different scene So it's there. just like it at really home, only it's us horse husbands at home. We're the dedicated <laughs> Pooper scoopers. I know. 
there was one guy that was on the road to the Grand Hotel, and every time we passed the same road about four times in the same day, and that guy was there. He was getting it all. He was not letting any suit <laughs> sit on that ground. I was like, this guy is really dedicated. So it was interesting. Now, you stayed at the Grand Hotel, Lottie. Duh, nobody stays That's at the Grand Hotel. big and fancy. Yeah. It was very fancy. There's a dress code um, in the evening there in certain parts of the hotel. And if you have seen a movie somewhere in time, you will really, if you go to Mackinac Island, you have to see that movie because you feel like you're, I felt like I was in the movie just walking around the hotel. Um, so that was really neat. I mean, and it is stepping back in time. And it's, it's, it's a huge hotel, but there's just so much history and it's so beautifully decorated. Um, and obviously the views from the porch, you just, I mean, I could just sit out there all day and listen to the horses go by. So I thought that was really neat. So what is it? I is wish it, I had more time. Yeah. <laughs> I know. I, uh, you wish I you had, had days, 10 days, like, right? Could, <laughs> yeah. I was like, I could stay so much longer. So, it was neat. We talked to, um, we went, we went horseback riding with um, Cindy's stable, which is one of the local stables there. And they let you, you can take your horses out unguided, which is, which is different. So if you, if you can ride, they let you just take out a horse. And we went out with um, the owner's daughter and she had grown up on the island. Her sister was actually delivered on the island, not on purpose. <laughs> if you can imagine that. There's is there not a hospital really a on the island? There. Is there a hospital on the island? No, it's like a small little medical center. So her mom had an early birth and this, um, her sister was delivered on the island. We thought that was really interesting too. But she was, I mean, it was just nice to hear the personal side of the island from some of the locals. We thought that was really neat. And, and this has really gotten popular for tourists. I mean, this is a, a popular place to go. My question for you is, and, and Lena and I have not been there yet, but we got to do that one of these days. We're go- we'll get there. And um, bring something nice to wear, because we're going to the Grand yeah, Hotel. <laughs> um, the, uh, you know, being in a place that does not have cars, did w- was that something that you think you could get used to, or would it bother you after a while? I I actually think I would like it. I mean... Personally, I don't like to drive. I'm one of those people that, you know, a lot of people like to really like to drive. I'm not a huge fan. I mean, so I wouldn't mind stepping away from the car. The only problem I would see, though, is like they said, if it's raining, it's really not fun to be riding your bike in the rain around and climbing up and down hills. So that that kind of is a drawback. But I I mean, or getting your horse ready and he's all wet and you got, oh, yeah. Yeah, you, you can imagine. I mean, yeah. but it's a small island, so in, in that respect, I think it's manageable there. It's not something that you could necessarily recreate in every area, and that's why, again, it's so different. Um, and that's why cars have been banned there for over 100 years, which so. <laughs> hmm. is kind of funny. I don't know, Helena, you are so ADD like me and so fast-paced. I, it would take me a couple of days, I think, to wind down enough. I don't. I think I'm only fast-paced in a fast-paced environment. I think, though, like I, I could definitely get used to – I could adapt probably very quickly to that type of lifestyle. You don't need a car. Well, when was this, when's this going to come out? This will be out this spring on PBS. And oh, it's an actual Michigan episode, so – um, we were all over the UP, um, which was, it's, it's beautiful up there. I'd never even been to Michigan and we left out with the weather. For the I was going to say it's we beautiful up there in the summer. In the summer. <laughs> yeah, we were, yeah. We, were, we were right at the end of the summer. So, I mean, blue skies, the water is beautiful. The Great Lakes are beautiful. I mean, I have, I haven't been up there before, so I, 
and I, you know, I come from a beach area originally, so I felt like I was really on beaches and almost at the ocean when I was on some of those Great Lakes because they're just so big. Now, have you guys been up there? Have you been to the UP? Yes. I know you haven't been to Mackinac. Yeah, no, I have been up that way and and uh, seen the Great Lakes and all of that. And it was de- it's definitely I mean they're big so it looks like the ocean <laughs> the waves it's are big, big, you know but that's uh, the one thing that people consistently come back with is you know you think you go to expecting it to be a lake, lake and it yeah. really is like a sea <laughs> yeah, right. it's like a body it is a huge body of water and big ships I mean they don't you know they put some big ships through through those bodies of water but uh, let's get to the next thing which is <laughs> um, you you talk about other places where you can go to relax and just be around horses and, and you decided to make a whole website out of it we did we actually just launched this new website it's called top 20 ranches.com um, and you guys know that what we've been doing for the past few years is traveling around, going to places where you can horseback ride on ranches and at resorts all over the U.S. and the world. So we decided to, to showcase um, some of the, our favorite places, and that's what this new site is. It's top20ranches.com, and it's really nice. I mean, there's really nice photo galleries, and we tell you why we've chosen each place. And what we tried to do was pick diverse um, branches, you know, geographically diverse, but also with their offerings. So, you know, we have T-Cross on there, which is a place that we filmed for our show, which is in Wyoming. Um, and it's, it's a beautiful place where you can do pack trips and lots of great riding. And then you have, like, Pink Verde Ranch, which is a winter um, destination where you can go in Arizona and ride in the Sonoran Desert. So every place is – we even have a Georgia guest ranch on there. So every place is really different. Um, but, you know, there's so many places that people can choose out there. So we're always there to kind of help guide people. And if we find a good place, we definitely want to share with other people, which is why we have this site and also the Equitrekking Vacation Guide on Equitrekking.com where we showcase places all over the world where you can go and ride and have a good experience because we love it. So we, we want other people to do it. So every, every place that we visit stays in business, so... And this is it's all United States ranches from what I'm seeing here on this one? It is. Yeah, yeah we, we've chosen, I mean, it was hard to pick only 20. And these are all in the U.S. We've got like New Mexico, Wyoming, Colorado, Montana, even Idaho, um, and Georgia and Texas. So we've got a lot of diversity for people that live in different parts of the country and maybe are looking, even Mexico actually, and, and are maybe looking for something that, um, maybe it's close to home or maybe in a destination that they've always wanted to visit. Um, so that's what we've, we've tried to do with this website. And it's fun just to, I mean, I think our vacation guide and top 20 ranches, they're just fun if you, even if you're not planning a vacation, it's just, you guys know, it's fun to just dream about it. I mean, I do that <laughs> half of my day. <laughs> Glad to hear we're not the only ones who do that. <laughs> Looking oh, off I in mean, the distance. You can't even get to all of these places. There's so many, there are really so many good places out there, which is good. I mean, I, I'm glad about that. But what, what's also neat about the places that we chose is that all of these people have a passion for what they're doing. They love their horses. They love their Western lifestyle. They love being at the ranch. And I think that's a unique aspect. And I mean, and they're all candid about the challenges in running a ranch and especially a modern ranch. And it is, it can be challenging, but there's a lot of rewards and it's a totally different lifestyle, which I found, I think it's fascinating. 
I love some of the names here, Helena. Too, uh, we got the we got classic names like Double E Ranch and and the Hideout Lodge. Uh, Hideout Ranch is another one. Drowsy Water Ranch. That that's oh, a good name. I want to go there. I like the Hideout. I like the Hideout. <laughs> Western Pleasure Re- Covered Wagon Ranch. That's where I need yeah, to go. Yeah, there's some. Well, the, and the cool thing is, like I said, they're all so different. So, like the Hideout Ranch in Arizona, they're you know they're they've got really historic places to ride, where like Wyatt Earp once rode and Geronimo. Um, and then you, I mean, Double E, you're you're in country that's like beautiful Gila National Forest. That's where I went originally to go to cowgirl camp, which is the fun all women's like cowgirl experience, and and just doing roundups and and all these kind of things that are. They're so unique nowadays. I mean, when you go on a ranch vacation, it's not like you're going to the Holiday Inn. I mean, you're you're going yeah. for an experience. Yes, know? yes, yes. The, yes, it's true. I love though. It's so. I mean, I I love getting out of your comfort zone when you travel and trying something new, even if you are not very good at it. Like when I tried to do barrel racing, both at I tried it at Double Ranch and I also tried it at Tanca Verde Ranch. I was not good at all. <laughs> I was slow. I was being very careful going around the barrels. I was really not doing a good job, but I had a good time. And that's all that matters. Like you just getting, even if you're an English writer, you're doing hunter jumper stuff, you go to one of these branches, it's just trying something new. And if you get mashed up with a good horse, then it's just so much. I think it's a lot of fun. So I don't sit tobacco, Glenn. I don't. <laughs> <laughs> well, this is great. And what a neat website. I love how it's set up. I love, uh, I, I do love when you go, go to the ranches. Um, you've got the pictures. You have you have a you know a short explanation. Talk about airports and capacity, and then you go more in depth. I really do like how it is set up here. Yeah, we tried to make it easy for people to find the information that they need. I mean, because there's obviously a whole history with all of these ranches, but we just try to touch on really the basic information. You can always go to their website to find out more, or go to our vacation guide, or call them up, or whatever. Um, so we try to give people, because we know people don't have time, so you want to dream and plan and, and look at it all, but you also want to get the gist of it when you're coming to a site like ours to really figure out where you want to go. So we tried to make it easy. And we, I also like that we gave, you know, why do we choose this place? Because I think that's important and it shows you why that branch stands out so much. I was looking for so. Billy Crystal and Jack Palance in, in one of these pictures, but I haven't seen them yet. So I don't know which <laughs> ranch they were at. So um, if you guys could go to any kind of ranch, is there a state that you would choose? Is there a, like <sighs> one place that you would say, I, I really want to go to this state or this area helena um i do want to go to california like Hmm. yeah that's not the answer i expected actually what i was expecting like colorado or wyoming or something like that i wasn't expecting california no i um yeah i kind of want to ride through california i don't know why in um northern california called Capo Ranch and High Desert Lodging. Um, it's actually in our, our vacation guide on equitracking. And it's, the family has been running this ranch for generations. And it's a, it's a working cattle ranch, but the area that it's in is, is absolutely beautiful. Um, so you might like that one, Helena. And then also the riding on the coast. So you could do a ranch or you could go beach riding. Yeah, like, well, beach riding. And there's something about, I mean, this is just lately, um, and I never say this right, San Luis Obispo, Obispo, 
Saint Louis Obispo. Yep. Saint Louis Obispo. Yep. I I kind of want to go there, and and I love that Spanish Mediterranean sort of settlement, that feel, and I kind of want to ride through that whole area. I don't. I've never really had a desire to visit or spend any time in California. Um, and then something just recently, I think, popped up about some ra- somebody's building a big ranch there. I don't know if it's a ranch or an equestrian center. And it made me want to, I don't know, maybe I just need a vacation. <laughs> you know what it is? I think I just need a vacation in a luxury hotel. That's with what it soft, is. soft, fluffy to towels to, and you need that, someone to hand me a horse. You need hotel over there at Mackinac. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. But I, you know, too, I, I would like to, I really would like that cowgirl camp experience. Really, 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 really would. I just, I had, there's no geographic location tied to my desire for that experience. Right. Well, and you can have it in a lot of different places. It doesn't even have to necessarily be a set cowgirl camp. So a lot of different ranches now are offering that sort of thing. Um, so that's the beauty of it. I mean, it's, it doesn't have to be in a set place. So, I mean, a lot of people, when they choose a vacation, they pick a place first and they say, I want to go to Ireland or I want to go to California or I want to go to New Mexico or whatever. And then they look from there. That seems to be the way that a lot of people do. Or they hear about a place like us talking about Mackinac Island. People hear about it and they go, oh my gosh, I've never thought of that. Right. So, And and I think though, maybe for horse people, it's a little bit different because you, it's about, if, if you're looking for that kind of adventure, like you're saying an experience versus just going someplace to go someplace, it's... Like I would want to go where that experience is. I would like to work. I would like to work, ride a working horse, work cattle, mm-hmm. work on a ranch. Experience riding for something other than just pure pleasure. Do, right. do you know what I mean? And and so that would yeah. be experience. So again, it doesn't matter where it is. It could be anywhere. So you, like you said, it could be. There's a hundred places where you could you could choose to do that. But I think that might be a little bit different than your typical vacationer. You know, anybody who has sort of a sport or something that they're involved in, they're like, you know, maybe a bicyclist wants to, or or let's say a hiker, somebody wants to climb Mount Everest versus, you know, I don't know, the Appalachians or something. You want to go where the experience is, fits your needs. Do you know what I want to do? I want to go to one of the dude ranches and I want to help out on, on the chuck wagon. You do, yes. You're a food guy. It's always been my dream is to help out on the chuck wagon. I want to drive the chuck wagon, but I also want to help out on the chuck wagon. Drive the chuck wagon. That's a nice marriage. Uh, yeah, I'd love need. to do that. So I got to figure that one out yet. That's on my bucket list. You can do that at Tanka Verde Ranch. They have um, in Arizona, I did, I went on their breakfast ride and they have a chuck wagon out there and they're making pancakes and they've got bacon and all the good stuff. Um, so you could, you should go down there and it's nice on like a little bit of a chilly desert, desert morning to be out there with the chuck wagon and you get the hot cowboy coffee. I like that. Oh, there you that. go, Glenn. Oh, thank you, Darley. <laughs> I appreciate it. Darley makes people's dreams come true. See, she's a dream maker and you can she do that is. at Equitrek and travel too, because I'm sure you can book all of these trips to all of these places through Equitrekking, right? We have, um, yeah, we have another website, equitrekkingtravel.com, um, where, again, we, you know, we focus on these dream equestrian vacations, and a lot of international locations are listed on that site, um, like from everything from Castle Leslie in Ireland to some of the trips that we've done in Botswana, which are awesome. Um, so that's another, that's another place where you can, we, you know, we're sitting there, we're providing all these great resources now. I mean, we are personally experiencing this stuff. So we just want to share it so people make the right decisions and find these good places because 
it's just so nice when you go somewhere and you ride with someone who really has a passion for what they're doing. I love that. I think that makes your trip. Um, not only good horses, but the people that are leading you that really love what they do and they love their history. So it's, it's a lot of fun. I have to tell you before we wrap here that my co-host on the uh, Dressage Radio Show, Reese Koffler Stanfield, is uh, her and her husband are heading to Ireland next week for a week. Um, but however, when they go away on vacations, because they actually live in the barn, they have an apartment in the barn and he's not a horse guy, they can't do horses. So they're going to be avoiding the horses and just doing the pub crawl across Ireland is what I understand. So that's funny. (laughs) You know, they're, I think it's half and half that way. I think either you're allowed to do horses or you're not. It depends on what the situation is, but you know, they live in the barn. So that's kind of. Yeah, I hear you. I mean, most of the time I ride, I actually just went to Italy on an actual vacation. My friend was getting married, and I did not ride a horse. I chose to drive wow. a Vespa, wow. which was fun. I know. Wow. Did she really go out on a limb? Yeah, she, she actually drove a car. <laughs> oh, my gosh, you guys. It was frightening. I was, I'm was. i not a good Vespa driver. Let me just tell you. I was, like, was white-knuckled. I mean. <laughs> That's was, so funny. Yeah, I say that all the time, I, though. Like, if somebody puts me on some kind of vehicle or strange place and I'm, like, totally afraid, they're like, wait a minute, you commandeer a 1,200-pound animal at breakneck speeds through the woods and this scares you? Yeah. That's what people <laughs> were saying to me, my friends that went with me. She's like, Woo-hoo! she's riding along on her vessel. We're, like, going on these winding roads to the Chianti region. And I was like, everyone was passing me, you know, <laughs> just trying to get trying to get to the next stop. I was like, oh, my God, what am I doing? <laughs> i tell you what, that could be scary, though. We did it. We had that experience in Bermuda where we rented the mopeds like everybody does in Bermuda, only it was raining that day. And the roads, you know how they Ooh. are. They're the same as they are in Italy. They're, they're narrow, and they have walls on both sides, and they have big buses that go by and try and run you over. That happened to us in Bermuda, too. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But then, then once you do it like two or three times, then you get really brave. Yeah. And, you, and then you drive like the, the Bermudians, like crazy. You're, you're like, oh. Up on those rock walls and stuff. You're like, bring it on, bus. <laughs> bring it on. Thank you, Darlie. It's top20ranches.com. We appreciate you being on. Thank you, guys. This was fun. Bye, Darlie. It's always a pleasure to have Darlie on. I, I love, I actually learn something when she comes on as our guest. I learn something about myself. Like, I want to go to cowgirl camp now. I want to go to California. <laughs> I want to go on a pub You want to wear chaps, cowboy Ireland hat, cowboy boots, and spit tobacco? <laughs> Um, so we, you know, and, and there's the good thing about Darlie is she's always up to something. So we can tap into her expertise at just about any time and sort of live vicariously through her travels. And, and so can you guys, as Glenn mentioned, she's, she's, uh, got all kinds of awards and in, in several different kinds of media. So definitely look her up. Um, but we have something, I don't even say it's better, but we have something just as yummy to talk about coming up. This week's tack and habit pick is actually a blog. And it is produced by a woman that we love here at Horse Radio Network, Kat Voidelock, who is also an avid horse enthusiast. She's been a lifelong equestrian, and she's been on Stable Scoop several times. But she started this new venture about food. And it's not your typical foodie blog, but it, it's definitely yummy. So we're going to have Kat on in just a minute, and she's going to talk to us about Eat Your Tart Out.
Unfortunately, Kat's cell phone was not the best quality, but I think you'll understand most of this, and uh, please forgive the quality. One of my favorite people in the whole wide world is with us. Kat Voidelock has a new blog, and it's called Eat Your Tart Out, which makes her <laughs> even more my favorite person in the whole wide world. <laughs> and it's all about baking, cooking, and her general shenanigans. Now, she's such a sweet, awesome, totally fabulous person that shenanigans – it's sort of redefined when it comes to this blog, but it's definitely yummy shenanigans. So please welcome Kat Voidelock to today's Stable Scoop Show for Tack and Habit. Hi, Kat. Hi. I don't even know how to, what to say at this point. Like, you pretty much said it all, and I'm very humbled. So. <laughs> well, thanks for the interview, Kat. <laughs> Nothing. We'll talk Just to keep again. cooking, my dear. <laughs> All right, I will have to do that. So our our regular Stable Scoop listeners may have heard you come on the show before because Kat is a crazy horse person just like me and Jen. I'm not going to say Glenn. He's technically a horse (laughs) husband. Um, And that's, of course, how our our worlds came to collide in such a wonderful way. But, you know, horse people got to eat. And so and, and this is a lovely way to do that, to combine food and other passions in life. So what, how, where did eat your tart out come from? Well, the big thing is, is <clears throat> I have tried to embrace as much as possible and reality. My passion has always been food, music, and horses. So the three things. And I, when I was growing up, I focused a lot on music and then I focused a lot on horses. And now it's like, I look at my bucket list because I really want to like, I don't want it just to be a list that I never get to uh, to be, but it never does any, like, I never do anything with it. And after looking at most of the stuff in my bucket list, so much of it was food based. I'm like, I totally have to do something with this. So I just, you know, started running with an idea. And every time I kind of made one progression forward, it all fit together. And then I kept doing that. And everything just kind of kept clicking. And I'm like, this is amazing. And a good thing that I tried to do with it too is my family, I was trying very hard to get the book together just the family recipes that I feel like get lost, you know, after generations and that we don't get to see when we're young. We have kids and things like that later on down the road. And so I asked my family to get it together and they were horrible at getting me anything on time. (laughs) I just want to post on. Tell us a little bit about how you decide what culinary projects you're going to embark on because you've got some stuff. You're posting photos of some really yummy looking foods. What's your inspiration for each of these I'm going to call them projects or works of art. <laughs> well, I think the biggest thing is just this song is an acceptance of who I am as a person. And I'm one of my really close friends who actually, I grew up with her and her mom when I was riding when I was really younger. And her mom has been following my food occupations for a number of years now. And she was willing to really help push this project for me. And after talking with her a bit more about certain things, and after she saw this site launch, you put your soul into every single one of these blog posts. Like you're either traveling and it means something very much to you or these recipes mean something to you. And that's what I'm bringing forward. So, you know, I have a recipe on there for autumn kitty cups and they're pudding cups that are all sorts of fun for the holiday season coming up right now, which is Halloween and fall and all those good things. And that was for what I basically consider my little niece because she's always asked me to do fun stuff because it's um, her aunt kitty who always bakes and cooks for her. And so that's how, like, those kind of come up. But it's just really based on, you know, what's coming up. I mean, Helena, you know that I've made you that chicken salad, and I actually started that way back when we were able to have and enjoy that together. Mm-hmm. Well, that was so good. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
Food memories are just as good as food photos. It's like mouth is watering over that. The the thought of that chicken salad. I just went to the (laughs) me, myself, and I section and saw the picture of you as a little baby with your fat little cheeks. Right? How cute is she? (laughs) (laughs) Well, I couldn't like... It's so funny. Like every baby book I have has like a copy of that newspaper that's in there everywhere. And I was like, if I'm launching something like this, I totally have to give props to my parents because... You know, they are essentially who pushed me into food and everything. And that was just way too good a picture to say no to. Now, were they, did they own a restaurant or was? No. No? Uh, Both of my parents were dietitians. Oh, okay. So do you eat healthy? I'm judging by some of these entries, I'm saying no. (laughs) You know what? Healthy, when you feed your soul, that's healthy. You know, it's like anything. Right? See, if you overdo it, then there's a problem. But if you feed your soul, like particularly with that fudge. (laughs) (laughs) Like Uh, in here, she has a thing. Did you do the Boston chocolate walking tour? Oh, I totally did, yeah. That's something we always wanted to do when we lived in Boston and never got to. Was it like chocolate heaven? It was. Like, the one I talk about in the blog post was actually not my favorite. I didn't realize there was two tour companies doing chocolate walking tours in Boston. This current blog post was about the one that I, the second one I took, which wasn't nearly as exciting as the first one. The first one I took, I probably did about two years ago, and was completely unreal. Like you walked away with like two pounds of like chocolate goodies between samples and cookies and everything else. And like, you couldn't walk at the end of the day. I mean, I, I love chocolate and I did not want to touch chocolate after that. I was so over chocolatized. It was a little bit ridiculous, but (laughs) that's what I'm hoping to do once more um, before I leave the area, because it was just such an amazing tour. And you learn a lot about the history of chocolate. You see how different people are using it. And it's just amazing. She has a blog post in here, Helena, that you and I can talk about a little bit, <clears throat> where she talks about Wegmans, the grocery store. When we well, the could... first, yeah, the first time I ever even experienced the Wegmans, you and Jen took me there. And we were at we were at Ada, we were at the American Equestrian Trade Association. Now, every time we have been back, we eat almost the entire time at Wegmans. That's a grocery <laughs> store with some of the best food in the restaurant ever. It's, it's not even like a store; it's like oh. a it's like a village. It is. It's like a food village. Oh, it's it, terrific. It's amazing. Because he understands where his place is, which I feel bad, but it's true. <laughs> <laughs> Wegmans is only in the northeast, unfortunately. We don't have them down here. And how I wish we did. Oh. So uh-huh. every time we go back to Philadelphia to King of Prussia to that show, it's like off to Wegmans. <laughs> It's good stuff. Yeah, well, I'm lucky because we do have them here in Massachusetts now, and they're building out a lot more, which is really exciting for this area. But yeah, they're just they're such a great place to go for not only grocery shopping, but just for eating out or getting prepared foods. Or even now, they have a huge wine liquor store, and I mean, they have a whole aisle dedicated to vodka, which is unreal. Like <laughs> the size of it really is like the size, the length of like a supermarket of vodka. It's crazy. That's because they're in New England. Seems like. Yeah, and there's nothing else to do but drink. What? That's right, that's right. Well, yeah, okay. <laughs> In the winter time, sure. Light a fire and pour the booze. All right, whatever. Whatever gets you through the winter. <laughs> well, now this is terrific. It's absolutely fun. It's eatyourtartout.com. And you can also search for Eat Your Tart Out on Facebook. She has a neat Facebook page. The graphic is her, by the way. Um, and I, I love that too. I see books in your future and I see a cooking show on the Food Network. 
Oh, cool. I have something to aspire to. <laughs> <laughs> he shoots hard out. I love it. I just, I absolutely love it. Keep the, the photos coming because it's... It's pretty damn good. Now I'm going to do a blog post <laughs> for you next week. I'm going, to, I'm going to do a guest <laughs> blog post for you next week. We are going to the Food and Wine Festival at Epcot with some friends. Uh, and they, what they do at Epcot, you know, anybody that's been there knows the, the countries where they have the world, where you walk around all the different countries. They have 26 food booths set up from 26 different countries, and what they do is give you appetizer portions. So for 3 or $4, you can get an appetizer portion, or the, and they also do the drink from that country that's most popular, the alcoholic beverage that's most popular. Um, and so you can eat and drink your way around the 26 countries uh, in one day, and uh, that's what we plan on doing. Now, I don't know about the drinking part because two or three of those and I'll be under. But uh, I plan on eating my way around. So we're going to take pictures of everything all four of us get, and we'll write a little blog post about it for you, and we'll have lots of pictures, and, and uh, we'll, we'll, we'll relay it to your fans. I just love that name, Eat Your Tart Out. Isn't it, it great? It has a double entendre, too. So Good especially ending. if you know Cat, <laughs> there's, there's, there's that double entendre there because Cat has this, this little wild side to her. And uh, I think that's going to come across in the blog, too. Which, yeah, you, and you're just happy that it's about food. You yeah. you get a little you get a little hot and bothered about food, don't you? I do, I do. <laughs> you know, when it, the funny thing was when it, when you and I started this show, I thought uh, I thought one of the th- I wanted to do the Stable Scoop show with you, and the only other show I ever wanted to do at the beginning was a food show, and I still don't have a food show, so maybe I have to get it with Cat and do a food show. But uh, I just always wanted to do a food show. That would be interesting. Horse Radio Network produces a food show. We could do it. We could totally yeah, do it. We just have know, to tie it into horses. Yeah, you can gear it somehow, into, uh, and we can do it. You know, food that uh, you that you can cook easily and quickly for horse people. Okay, I mean, we're a network, so I mean, let's take for example TLC, the Learning Channel. Yeah. However, that they tied. Here comes Honey Boo Boo in with their mission statement. I'll tell you how they I did don't that. know. I'll tell you but how they, they got did it that. to work. Ratings so we and money can somehow incorporate <laughs> an eat your tart out sort of show. I say we make it happen. <laughs> Let's hear what you think. If you're listening to this show right now, send us an email. Send it to me. I'm happy to hear from you. Helena at horseradionetwork.com. Let me know if you'd be interested in uh, another show, a, a podcast that About combines food. food and horses. Food. Not horse food. People food. <laughs> That's right. People food. All right. Very good, everybody. Thank you so much for joining us. We appreciate you being around for our variety show today. Next week, uh, we have scheduled a guest that should be a lot of fun, and it's something that that uh, Helene and I did together. Uh, uh, we, we actually saw it together, and that was the Royal Canadian Mounted Police Drill Show, which is absolutely one of the most spectacular horse uh demonstrations you're ever going to see it's the uh rcp rcmp musical ride is what they call it and we have the people from the royal canadian mounted police coming on with us next week to talk about it uh if you remember i remember they're perfectly matched black horses they breed all their own yes gorgeous Uh, just unbelievable show and and talk about spit and polish wow uh so we're going to talk to them next week that's uh coming up should be a lot of fun and uh what else is that it Pink. That's Brody's it. okay. Beaker's okay. Everybody's okay. Everybody's good. We had a little right. little issue this morning with escapees, but we're all good. Prisoners are back. Everything's good. Yeah. Back in their cells. <laughs> back in their cells. Yeah, we had a big hay delivery today. You know, up here, well, especially this year, uh, up in the Northeast, it's been a, a tough year for growing hay. 
So the second yeah, cut that typically becomes available around this time of year has been hard to get. So I ordered a big load of hay, hopefully that will carry us for most of the winter. And, uh, you know, when that happens, you got you hay pay? elevators and trucks coming in and gates opening and lots of loud, clanky noises and uh, and ponies kind of get the wind up their skirts and try to head for the hills. So Go ahead and depress we had a little wrangling the- to do this morning, but we're all good. Depress the rest of the country, especially those of us that live in the South. What did you pay for your hay? Uh, today's delivery, I paid $6 a bale. Wow, that's that's a little higher than, than usually up, up your way. For sure. That's actually, that's a bit, we, we've been averaging about $7 a bale. These are, the bales are a little bit smaller than I usually get. Like They're Timothy? probably about 40 pounds, 40 to 45 pounds a piece. Um, I typically get 55 to 60 pound bales, which run about seven, seven to seven and a quarter, which is a really good deal. It's very good quality hay. Is it Timothy? So or? I don't have to feed a whole lot of it. But there are some places that get eleven to fifteen dollars a bale. Yep, that'd be us. <laughs> I, I can't even. I don't know how you keep horses at that rate. We keep one. That's why we have one and not you keep three. One. You know, <laughs> it's because of that reason right there. Actually, Jennifer started going to the the alfalfa cubes that you get yeah. by in the bag. Yeah. And uh, because hay's so expensive, the alfalfa cubes in the bag are actually cheaper. It's I I supplement with alf, alfalfa cubes too. If I'm getting low on hay, I definitely go to the cubes and for my old that. guy. They love it. But that. you know That's what? Like it's, what's cheaper is to buy the friggin' land to have a pasture on it. Like <laughs> buy two nowadays, acres, you spend true. a heck of a lot less money than you would on hay. That's probably true nowadays. Sure. That's what we're trying to do. And that's probably why our hay lasts as long as it does is because we work very diligently. We, we don't have a big farm. We have small, but we do rotate and manage our pastures very carefully so that it, it it's a food source. It's not just a place to be turned out. But that's not easy. Nope. Nope. But that, uh, that's always a constant battle. Well, thank but you. But if, every- if it was easy, we wouldn't be horse girls. So That's bleh. true. That's true. You'd be, you'd be uh, cooking in the kitchen. Um- no, we'd be golfers. <laughs> <laughs> or we'd play tennis or something. Ride bikes or Vespas. That's it for this week, everybody. We're out of here. Don't forget <laughs> to check us out at stablescoop.com and all the other shows on the Horse Radio Network at horseradionetwork.com. Thanks, Thanks for listening and happy scooping. <laughs>